Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just thankful for God's presence today. All I want is to live within your love, to be undone by who you are. My desire is to know you deeper. Lord, here's the line I've been feeling all day today as we've been singing in our services. Lord, I will open up again. I will open up again. I will open up again. I think if we were honest in the last 10, 11, 12 months, there's been all kinds of things trying to close us down. Not, not just in buildings and churches, although that's true, but even personally, there's so much happening that's just trying to make your heart hard, trying to get you to clam up, to close down, to shut down. But as we're singing this song today, I'm just reminded how important it is to not let bitterness or anger or some of those things get in our heart. But just to tell God, I want to open up again. I want to open up again. I want to stay pure. I want to stay right. I want to stay sensitive to your spirit. How many of you want to live that way? You want to live with the right heart, open up to God. One more time before you see it, would you put your hands together and just let Jesus know how much you love him today? Let him know how thankful you are for blessings in your life. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated today. It's so good. It's so good to see you. I am reminded week after week, service after service, and I know this is probably just my crazy mind, but I am always so intrigued by how this section over here fill, fills up well, this section fills up well, this section, and then like the long walk, like I'm not walking way over there. I didn't come here to exercise. And then you got all these rows over here of empty chairs. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything, but I think it's funny. <laughs> we have a lot of people joining us online today. Most services, uh, first service, we had people from all over America, some in Canada that was watching us. And I feel like we've got a long line again today. The Hirschners are online. I love the Hirschner family. Patsy does a once a year pastor's breakfast that has more stuff that she offers us to eat. We can hardly move the rest of the day. Uh, but I love the Hirschners. They're online. You have the Thetke family, uh, Sandy. We have the Atwell family, Michelle Glasgow, uh, one of our nurses. We have a lot of medical professionals, but Michelle and all the medical professionals, thank you for all that you are doing, especially in this season. We love you. We pray for you. Uh, Billy and Michelle Evans. Uh, I love the Evans family. Uh, and the list is going on, but would you welcome all those joining us online today? Let them know how great it is to have them. And I can't help but look out and see uh, Brown's jerseys and Brown's jackets. I looked over here, I seen it. Look here in the middle, I seen it. Uh, you had to keep all that stuff in your closet and hiding in secret for years. It's finally like, oh, I'll wear it on a Sunday. I am. <laughs> uh, so it was funny, last service. I had several people on the entry last service, like, Pastor, say a prayer second service for the Browns. So, no, um, I, do, I do, no, I want them to win, but um, I, I want to give a shout out. I do want to give a shout out to uh, all of our teams. And I thought this pull in on the property today, I, I turned in uh, at our earlier service, I turned into the driveway 
And my first impression, I see uh, Brittany was out there and Presley was out there and they have signs and they're waving and I come to the top of the driveway and then I get another wave and I go a little bit further and the Dawson's are there. And, you know, of course, uh, on, on site, you have all of these people that are serving and going the second mile, doing everything they can. And a lot of times, whether you're in the room or online, the camera's going to be pointed here. So you're going to either see me, you're going to see the team worshiping, singing, and, and it was fantastic today just feeling the presence of God as they were doing that. But I also know uh, that there are hundreds of people that maybe the camera doesn't shine on them. And even as I'm saying names today, may, maybe especially online, you don't know all of the people behind a camera, behind a computer screen. But I just want you to know StorySide is not about one or two or three or four people. It takes a lot of people on a team to make our gatherings, our services happen uh, week after week after week. And I would love if you would appreciate all of our team and just let them know how thankful you are. I know we've clapped a lot, but would you just let them know how thankful that you are for all of them today? We appreciate you. Uh, I also wanted to show you a few uh, pictures before we go into our message. Uh, and that is so I, I'm honored and blessed to be several different pastors uh, around North America that I am their pastor. They've asked me to be their pastor, and I'm honored to do that. One of them here in Ohio is Pastor Vic. If, if you know Pastor Vic, he spent some time on staff. They're now in Cleveland. They recently got uh, a new building, which is so exciting. I've had the chance to speak for them in Cleveland. They got a new facility that they're leasing, and we blessed them with over 300 chairs yesterday. Uh, and Pastor Vic's been texting me and showing me the pictures. And so I just wanted to share that, that with you, those pictures of, of uh, just a reminder even that StorySide is not only just uh, believing that we can help our location. We're in East Knox, we're in Ontario, but even past that, how many knows it's not just about one location and one church. We're all part of God's big church. And when one wins, we all win. Uh, and so... I love, uh, I love what God is doing with Pastor Vic and Natalie and uh, an extension of our StorySide family in Cleveland. And so God bless them. I want to pray today. And as we, as we pray, uh, I was reading just the other day and I was reading Aaron. I believe this was a true story, but I was reading about a little girl. And I think she was seven is what the story had said. But Jenny, this, this little seven-year-old girl was watching uh, over, over a long period of time, she would watch her mom read her Bible. She would see her mom read her Bible. And I believe the true story was she asked her mom one day, said, are you ever going to get finished reading that book? Uh, I thought that was so cute. Are you ever going to get finished reading that book? And just as I was reading it, uh, what, what a great principle to remind all of us that I don't know that we will ever, Lisa, I don't know that we will ever get done with that book that we call the Holy Bible. Uh, I think you read it again and again, services again and again, sermons, messages, personal devotions again and again, and that Bible will be our anchor until Jesus comes. That Bible will continue to be our roadmap uh, until we finish the course and we finish our race. And so we're back again. 
right? We're back again for God's word. We're back again to say, speak to me, block out all distractions. I want everything God has for me today from Holy Scripture. How many feel that way? You want a fresh word from God today? Let's pray and ask God to open up our hearts, block out all distractions. It's easy to happen. You'll start thinking about everything else. I'm asking in the next 20 or 30 minutes, may God arrest our spirits and may Scripture speak to us. And so I pray right now for everyone in the room and online, whether someone's a VIP, which simply means they're here for the first time or first time in a long time, maybe in the room, they're new to StorySide, maybe someone online has been scrolling, scanning, stop by the service, help those people to know it's not by chance. It's not by coincidence. You want to speak to them today. For people that consider this their church home, God, I pray it wouldn't be monotonous. It wouldn't be another service. It wouldn't be another hour out of their schedule. Let this be a holy moment, a God moment. Speak to us today. Let your anointing go to work. Do what I can't do. And I promise, I promise I will give you all the glory. I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. I want to talk to you in our time together today on the middle, on the subject this word's been on my heart for a few weeks now. The middle. Can we say that together? The middle. By definition, the middle means the position of being among or in the midst of something. The position of being among or in the midst of something. When I first was drawn to this word, it was just in a morning prayer time. The word jumped out to me. I began to read. I asked Pastor Desiree, Alyssa, others to help me. Let's research and study the word middle. Then I started picking it up in conversations where people would use the word middle. And it seems like the last couple weeks has just been coming at me uh, from every direction. This word, the middle. Last week, I talked about some of the ways we use the word middle. We'll say we're in the middle of something or it's midday or middle of the week or the midpoint or, you know, for others they'll say, you know, it's middle age or I'm in midlife. Maybe you have said, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm pulled into, I'm pulled into the middle. For someone else, maybe you have used the words uh, that, that you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. There was other examples I gave but you don't realize until you start looking at the word how often it can show up in our lives. I want to talk to you in our, our time together today. Out of Mark chapter 6, there's two stories. Really, they blend into one. But there's two stories that I want you to notice. And again, every time we open this book, the Holy Bible, we're going to read things that are anywhere from a couple of thousand uh, years old to maybe four, five, six thousand years old. And I think it's always a good thing for us to take the principle of the passage. Some things are written, not necessarily to you, but for you. You take the principle of the passage and you apply it to your life, like right here, right now. How does this apply to me? What can I learn? What can I learn from Scripture to apply to my life? And so I want to read to you a couple of verses out of Mark chapter 6, these two stories that take place for the disciples. Verse 39, Jesus then told his disciples. So this story is about people who have been listening to Jesus teach and they're hungry, they're hangry. And in, the, in this verse, I just want you to see what, what happens. 
Jesus said, make all the people divide into groups and sit them down on green grass. Everyone say green grass. Green grass. He says, I want them to sit down on green grass. Verse number 44, we jump five verses later. The number of men who were fed was 5,000. Now, if you read theologians, if, if, if you read commentaries, if you read people who break down this passage, they would tell you, there's varying numbers, but they would tell you they believe there was probably somewhere between 20 and 30,000 people that ate. So, so what they are doing is they are taking, this is how many men there was. If they had women and children with them, this is probably a fair number that could have potentially been there to eat that day. Now, I'm drawn, I, I love the Bible, I love the details of the Bible. I'm, I'm drawn to the fact that for years and years and years, if we go to the Old Testament and we track the Old Testament really even into the coming of Christ, you're going to see that there was a culture and an era where a lot of times, not, not, I'm not talking necessarily even followers of God, although it was true for some of them, but definitely in society and culture where women were, were sort of pushed down um, and women were not in a lot of, if you study history, they were not always celebrated, they were not always valued. I believe when Jesus showed up, so when, when I read this and I see 5,000 men, that's not abnormal. They'd be like, well, why are they just saying how many men was there? Well, that would be very normal. It'd be very normal for them to say just how many men was there. Uh, I, I love the fact that when Jesus came, I believe that Jesus came, of course, for our sin and shame, but he also came to bring back value to women. You know, we're, we're told in Scripture that the kingdom of God, male, female, bond free, Jew, Greek, I, lo I love that he sat at a well and talked to a woman who was on relationship number six. I, I'm glad that he got down in the dirt and wrote, wrote in the ground to get a woman back on her feet that, that had messed up. I'm glad that women uh, were mentioned at the cross. I'm, I'm glad that women were told, doesn't just say that men went to check out the tomb. I'm glad that it says women did as well. I'm glad Acts chapter 2 doesn't just tell us the men that were part of the Holy Spirit showing up. It says women was there too. And so it's not my message today. I just want to tell you, uh, if you have a daughter or if you're a woman, I believe some of the good news of the gospel is Jesus came to let you know you matter, you're valued, and that he has a purpose for your life too. And, and if you are a woman or if you have a daughter, I think that's good news. It's not my message today. I'm just telling you, I think it's good news that Jesus came to restore that value to the kingdom. But I, I'm, I'm saying that to say it's very normal that they would just tell us how many men was here. There's 5,000 men. The Bible says at once, Jesus made his disciples, so they feed them, they're full, there's 12 baskets left. And at that moment, there's not a time lapse, at that moment, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat, and he tells them, Go ahead of me. Well, you see that in verse 45. He, he tells them, go ahead of me to Bethsaida on the other side of the lake while he sent the crowd away. I loved my trip to Israel a little over a year ago. I wish I could pack you all up and take you to Israel. It's amazing. I was in this place, touring, seeing, tears, prayers, it is so, not only life-giving, but it almost allows the New Testament, you see it from a whole different lens or angle. 
He's going to tell them, and when you're there, we, we, spent, we spent time both not on, on, on the shore only, which I did. I'm crying on the shore in ser- several of these places. But we get on a boat, and we went to the middle, and we had a time of worship and devotion in the middle of the water. I just want you to see it from the angle of we're not just saying like go here over there It's not like oh like right there. It's actually a long distance I just want you to see that when he says I'm gonna stay here and I want you to go there It's quite a ways away that they're going He said I want you to go ahead of me after saying goodbye to the people verse 46 He went away to a hill to pray when evening came the boat was in the middle That's our subject today. The boat was in the middle, but Jesus was alone on the land. He saw that his disciples, verse 48, were straining at the oars because they were rowing against the wind. So sometime between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, he came to them walking on the water, and he was going to pass them by. They saw him walking on the water, and they said, oh, it's Jesus. Is that what they said? What did they say? It's a ghost, they thought, and they screamed. They were all terrified when they saw him. Jesus spoke to them at once, Courage, it is I. Don't be. I would love if he would tell this to someone today. Take courage. January 17th, 2021. Pastor Micah, have you even looked at social media? Are you naive? Have you turned the news on? I, as a pastor, I would love if God would speak to someone's spirit today and let them know, take courage, it is I, be not afraid. He got in the boat with them and the wind died down. The disciples were completely amazed because they had not understood the real meaning of the feeding of the 5,000 their minds could not grasp it. How many of you could put yourself in verse number 52 and say, I don't always understand what God's doing? Could anyone, you could like put yourself in that verse and be like, I don't, I don't always understand what God's doing. As we talk today in our time together, the first thing I want to draw your attention to is what I would call miracle moments. Miracle moments. I know you've already repeated several things with me, but can we say those two words together? Miracle moments, Jake. Miracle moments. I am so grateful for miracle moments. So thankful for miracle moments. Here, here's a miracle moment here. John, as you sit there with Shelly today, here's, here's a miracle moment. 5,000 men plus women and children, so I don't know the number, 20,000, 30,000, give or take when you read these studies. But there's a little boy who has a lunch. Now, if you just view this story through the lens of like kids' meal, those of you that have kids, Crystal, you have a little boy, sometimes people can order like a kids' meal, it's like two chicken fingers, you know, a few little fries, you know, they're gonna get like a little sippy cup of Sprite or something, you know, I don't know how big the bread was. I don't know how big the fish was. I just know that it's a young lad. You know, is what the like he's a little boy, and the Bible is going to say that they're going to take this little kid's lunch bag. 
He's going to bless it and break it. They're going to feed these thousands and thousands. and th We're talking about miracle moments. It's going to feed thousands of people. They're going to be full. They don't get a nibble. They don't get a bite like, hey, Steve, calm down. There's other people in the row here. No, the Bible says they're full. And then when they're full, they're going to collect 12 baskets. That's a miracle moment to me. A miracle moment where God could take a little and make it a lot. That's a miracle. It's, it's what we celebrate when it seems like God is able to take something in our life and he just stretches it and stretches it. This is that kind of a story where God not only meets the need, but he does exceeding and abundant and all of a sudden there's excess, there's abundance. If we were to press pause today, because we're reading a story that's a few thousand years old, but if we were to press pause today, how many of you could think about miracle memories in your life? Miracle memories in your life. Like Matt, you've shared your story down here in your Browns jersey. Let's go Browns. You're supposed to like bark or something, aren't you? Isn't that like part of it? Uh, yeah, like we're supposed to like start barking or something. <laughs> Matt, if we were to look at your story and we were to see the miracles from your early years and everything that you went through, you've shared some of it, and how far God has brought Matt Stancombe. Miracle memories. If, if, if we were to go row to row and chair to chair, and we were to talk about all of the times, Craig Lewis, that God has showed up for you or showed up for your family. Miracle memories. T -t -times, times where you know, you know that if it had not been for the Lord, it's a miracle memories. Where for some, they would tell me, Pastor Micah, Someone paid for my groceries. Pastor Micah, someone showed up and sowed a seed into my life. Pastor Micah, there is no way that I should have got that job. Pastor Micah, that, that washer, that dryer, that car, it lasted way longer than it ever should have. I really believe that God just blessed me. You, you could maybe think of a lot of miracle memories in your life. When you look at this story, I think all of us could naturally have a tendency to say, I wish that I could live in verse number 39 to 44. That, that's, that's all the good verses, by the way. That's like the sit down on green grass stuff. That's like, I'm so full. That's that part of the story. That's baskets left over. That's what I mean by verse 39 to 44. I love verse 39 to 44. When people tell me, Pastor Micah, I went back to the hospital and they said there's no sign. And we're like doing the emojis. We're clapping. We're cheering. We're like doing the arm muscle thing, right? We're like fist bumping. We're prayer emoji. I love those moments. My 31 years of ministry or pastoring, those messages are amazing. I love the ones where people say, Pastor Micah, my son or daughter, they're so engaged, they're plugged in, they love Jesus. I walked in the bedroom, they were listening to one of your podcasts. I've had parents tell me that. Like we walked down the hallway and they had your sermon on and like I couldn't ask for anything more. 
I wish sometimes we could all just live in verse 39 to 44. Pastor Micah, my husband, comes to church with me. We do devotions together. We're reading through Proverbs. I'm just telling you some of the things I've heard through my 31 years. Pastor Micah, I could not ask for anything more in my marriage. Because verse 39 to 44 is awesome. Miracle moments are amazing. If, if you remember when we read it, he tells them, I want, I want you to tell the people. He breaks them into groups of 50 and 100. And he tells them, tell them to sit down in the green grass. The green grass. When, when I hear green grass, my first thought the other day was to go, Aaron, to go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. It's one of my favorite, Lisa. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still and calm, and it's so nice. I just want to stay there. Can I just say, can, can, can Psalm 23 just be two verses? Can we just like, like shorten the bookmark? You know how they make like bookmarks and pictures? I mean, it's like, let's just, let's just do verse one and two. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. All right, let's do that again. All right, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But the fact of the matter is, that sometimes you and I step into verse number three. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So some, sometimes I end up in verse number four and five. Sometimes when you're like, I don't like confrontation. I don't like enemies. I don't like people disagreeing. I don't like when people say. And he says, yeah, but part of the package of me preparing a table before you Part of that is the presence of your enemies. You see, all of us, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'm not going to ask those online, like in the comments, admit if you would really like to live in verse 39 to 44. I'm not going to ask you to do that today. I'm, I'm just telling you even on my end, sometimes, sometimes I wish that it was just like blessing and baskets and like you full, you full, I'm full, we're all full. Sometimes those text messages where everything is great. But I know, I know pastoring over the years, I know in being in life with you and on your faith journey, but I also know from reading the Bible that it's not always just Psalm 23, verse 1 and 2, and it's not always verse 39 to 44. The reality is that sometimes it's not just miracle moments, sometimes it's middle moments. Middle moments. Could we say those two words together? Middle moments. When I look at middle moments, and I will go through this and just extract a few things for you to see this story from this angle. When I look at middle moments, I'm drawn to the fact in verse number 45 that Jesus tells them, you go ahead. Right? You read it with me. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to say goodbye. You go ahead. Well, that is so contrary, so opposite to a lot of what I've been taught since I was a kid. 
whether it was my parents, VBS, camps, right into my teen years, Bible college. If, if, if you were told, if you were told, hey, get ahead of God, people would be like, what? That, that's, not how, that's not how we think. We don't think get ahead of God, Larry. That's not how we process life. Matter of fact, it would be the other way. People would actually tell you, don't get ahead of God. Desiree, don't you get ahead of God. Don't get antsy. Don't rush it. Now, I know for the most part, that principle is 100% accurate. It's going to be don't get ahead of God. You, you, you should really live after Romans 8.31. If God be for us, like I'm not, I'm not running this thing. If God be for us, I need to follow God. But I just want you to notice in this story that sometimes it could come across, could come across like these people are sent by Jesus while he says, I want you to go ahead of me. And I'm going to say goodbye to the crowd. You say, Micah, what do you even mean by that? What, what, why does it matter who goes first and who's where and who's stuck in the middle? I'm only telling you this based on this story. Because in verse 47 where it says the boat was, God was. The boat was, God was. They're not in the same place. The boat was, God was. The boat's in the middle and Jesus is on the shore. I like it better. I like it better when I know where he is and what he's doing. Like if I'm here and he's right there and he's like, watch me bless this and watch me break it and you go give it to the crowd. I've got my basket and everyone's full and I'm like, there's Jesus. There's Jesus right there. Jesus is right there. I've had times in my life where I feel like, wow, God, the blessing, the goodness of God, the Psalm 23, one and, verse 1 and 2, like, isn't this awesome? But there's other times in my life that I would fit into verse 52, and I don't know if you can relate, but it's like I have no idea what's going on. They get in the middle. He's on the shore. Now, I know we're not disconnected. I know He never leaves us or forsakes us. I know all of that. I'm just asking if you've ever felt, have you ever felt distant or disconnected from the Savior on the shore? Look at the timeline of this trial. Look at the suddenness of this storm. This is not a week apart. This is not a month apart. This is not a year apart. They are literally going to go from collecting leftovers. They're going to go from collecting leftovers to feeling as if they're left alone. This is the ups and downs. They're, they're going to go from the excess and the abundance to now feeling like the winds and waves are working against them. Green grass, green grass opposition winds and waves they're going to go from seeing Jesus to not seeing or sensing him like here verse 39 to 44 he's with me in the middle I feel like he's not with me they in this passage are going to go from the blessing to what seems like the beat down if you would, they go from the miracle to the middle. And I want to ask you today in, in this message, have you ever went from the miracle to the middle? Again, I'm not going to ask you to show your hand. 
Not, I'm not gonna, there's a lot of people that could say, don't, don't say that. God's good all the time, all the time. God's, I know God's good all the time. I'm just asking if anyone on the inside has ever said, I love verse 39 to 44. I felt like I was in the will of God. I was in the plan of God. I felt things were falling into place. And somehow I went from the miracle to the middle. You know, one thing over the years pastoring that people often tell me is we equate good times with God times, and we equate bad times with something bad in our life. I've done this long enough to know that people will say to me, pa Pastor Micah, they'll say, they'll say this, Pastor Micah, this is going wrong in my life. What have I done wrong? That, that's, I, that, that's happened more times than I could even give you a number where people automatically, when I'm on the shore and he's feeding 20 or 30,000, I must be in right standing with God. If I'm in Psalm 23, 1 and 2, then everything I'm doing must line up perfectly. But the moment I get in the middle, now I know sin has consequence. I'm not talking about that. If you sow to the flesh, I'm not talking about that. I am telling you that there are times that you may not be doing everything wrong. There may not even be anything in your life that's wrong, but you still step into verse 3 and you walk through verse number 4 and you're in verse number 5 and the enemy's going to tell you it's because you're the problem. But I would submit to you today, these guys are not in the middle because of disobedience. These guys are not in the middle because of disobedience. He tells them, matter of fact, he commanded them. He commanded them, get in the boat. You see way over there, that's where I want you to go. Have you ever felt like you were trying to obey God and it still got you in a mess? Have you ever felt like, God, I was just trying to do what you asked me to do. I was just trying to step out and say, you want me to go there? I'll go there. And I sure miss the miracle. Can you put the basket in my hand? Can I just like walk down the row again collecting leftovers? Because I like that a whole lot better than I like this. Feel the Holy Spirit for someone today. I don't, I don't know who needed to hear this message, but, but I do feel the Holy Spirit for someone today. This middle moment, I think, could be summed up in what, what I would even call unmet expectations. When I got in the boat, I thought I was going to the other side. Why did I think I was going to the other side? Because God said I was. God said, get in the boat. We're going to meet on the other side. Sometimes the outcome the other side, what I thought was going to happen, that's not what I see around me. I, I thought, and you could apply this to every area of your life, like I thought by now, this is what would be happening in my marriage or my family or with my kids or with my company, my ministry. I thought by now, but this sure doesn't look anything like I, I thought it was going to look like. It's in this middle moment, this Never thought, never imagined this could happen, Pastor Micah. And the Bible says he sees them toiling, and then the Bible is going to tell us the time. So in my final few minutes as we talk about time, I want you to notice the time in this passage. It's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Do you have anyone in your family that the last thing you ever want to do is bug them at 3 a.m.? I heard, I heard the joke about the guy who said, I woke up grumpy this morning. 
That was a mistake. I should have let her sleep. That's not funny. How many has that kind of a spouse? That you just know, you just know now's not the time. Now's not the time, right? Now's not the time. I mean, you almost have to like tiptoe out of the room because you just know. I'm like some battles are not worth winning. Like, I actually woke up this morning. I, I woke up this morning and, and forgot which side the sun rises from. And then it dawned on me. Uh, <laughs> I know that one's bad. I know it is. Where's all my coffee drinkers at? Just by show of hands, those in the room, you can let me know in the chat. Where's all my coffee drinkers at? I read this the other day. I thought it was interesting. They say, they say that a yawn is just a silent scream for coffee. Uh, a yawn is a silent scream for coffee. So, joke for all my coffee drinkers. What should you do if drinking coffee hurts your eyes? What should you do if drinking coffee hurts your eyes? You take the spoon out of the cup. Um, <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> all right, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. I want you to see the timing. We're getting ready to close our message today. I want you to see the timing of this toiling. The Bible says in the King James Version, he saw them straining. It uses that word straining. And the timing of this 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., the element, the element, of, the element of, of timing is really important in our lives because sometimes, Cindy, sometimes things can happen. And if they happen in a moment where it's like not now, I mean, you maybe have even said that or, or you've thought like not now. Like everything else, I don't know how much energy and effort, like, like some of you, some of you, like for our family, we're a family of six. Sometimes we struggle just to go through a drive-through, our family. I'm not kidding. Like we could say, like who wants to go where? Eliana's always gonna say Panera every time. Micaiah's probably gonna want Wendy's four for four. Jalen and Brooklyn love, love Chipotle. Like we have six people that we struggle just to come into agreement with six. Sometimes, my wife would tell you that sometimes I can get so frustrated. I'm like, I just want to go home. That's what I thought. Like, I, I just want to go home. This is too much work. And then if you do get in a drive-through, chances are it's not really even changed in years and years. And then you're sitting there and they're like, I don't know. Like, what do they have? What do you mean? What do they have? They have the same thing they had the last 50 times we've been through this drive-through. Right? Anyway, that has nothing to do with my message. I'm just saying, I. I My point is, <laughs> I don't have a point. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's pray for the Browns. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm starting to sweat. Um, <laughs> my point is, I don't know how much energy and effort went into feeding 20 or 30,000 people because we struggle with six. I don't know how tired they are 
where sometimes you would think Jesus would be like, hey, let's get a, a night's rest. Um, you know, let's sleep on it. He tells them, he commands them, get in the boat, go to the other side. Like I told you, I've seen it. It's quite a ways. And then at three in the morning, storm, winds, waves. I would venture to say you could be a little bit on edge, a, a little bit. And in this moment, Jesus sees them and he comes to them in this middle moment. Now, as we close today, here, here's what I would like you to see. I would like you to see not just miracle moments, not just middle moments. I want you to see as we get ready to pray, I want you to see middle, what I would call middle misperceptions. Middle misperceptions. This may be for me, Travis, what is the most concerning pastoring right now in January 2021? Just as a pastor, and I love our people. I love our people, whether they're in room, in the room, whether they're online, whether you're not, you're, you're a student, college, all the way up to our seniors. I love our church family. This is what would concern me as a pastor, is that when I read this story, I see that it could happen to me. I believe it could happen to you, is you could get so fatigued, you could get so tired, and the timing could be so unique in your life that when God shows up, you don't see it. It's a middle misperception. Crystal, he comes walking to them, and there, I'm just giving you some of the words of translation. The King James Version is going to say they supposed, right? We all know the danger of assumption and presumption. Another translation is going to say they cried. One's going to say they were troubled. One's going to say they screamed. One says they were scared. We read here they thought it was a ghost. That's a misperception. And it's God. Because in the middle misperception, I could see everything on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or the news or nationally or politically. Or I could see all these things. And God's like, hey, I'm right here. And Micah miss a God moment because of the toll that the middle's taking on me. God, I feel the Holy Spirit for someone today. It's a middle misperception. He begins to talk to them in this misunderstanding. I, I would say this, I'm really glad that God will show up even in the midst of my misunderstanding sometimes. In the midst of a misunderstanding where I'm having all these same things, maybe you would say the same and God's like, you know what, I'm, I'm not turned off by the fact, verse 52, you don't understand at all. He shows up, and the Bible says in the King James Version, immediately he starts talking to them. Now, if God showed up for me, so I, so I often say, I, w I know we cover a lot in a message, and everyone's going to get different points out of it, but I think it's important that we all have one takeaway. I think you should have something you take away from a message. You think about it this week, you pray about it, you make it part of like just day to day. Here, here is a... Here's a takeaway I would like you to really just put in your mind this week. Jesus shows up and immediately he starts talking to them. We said it together earlier. He's going to say things like, take courage, or one translation, he would say joy or cheer. And he's going to say, it is I. He's going to tell them, be not afraid. Take courage, it is I, be not afraid.
I've read this story a lot before, but I've never really seen it through this lens or this angle. The Bible says then he gets in the boat. When he gets in the boat, the storm stops. Why? Why is Jesus going to have this big conversation with them? Why is Jesus going to be talking about take courage or have cheer? And the wind is blowing. Why is Jesus going to say, hey, it's not a ghost, it's God. And the waves are beating against the boat. Why is Jesus going to look at them and say, hey, don't be afraid. And it's rocking and reeling. He doesn't stop the storm and then speak. He speaks. And then he stops the storm. Why? Is it possible that there are some things that you and I learn from the storm that we would never learn in verse 39 to 44? When I'm carrying the basket, I would never learn some things. There are things in verse 3, 4, and 5 of the 23rd Psalm that I learn a side of God, I learn a strength of God that I don't learn in some of those other areas and seasons of my life. He's talking to them while it's still raging. And I know some people could say, I've heard this over the years, people will say, well, if God fixes all this, then I'll serve Him. People have told me that. If God fixes all this, then I'll serve Him. Well, if God does this, then it's almost like we're telling God, if you'll stop the storm, then I'll listen to what you're saying. But in this passage, God says, I want you to listen to what I'm saying, and then I'll stop the storm. What if in January 2021, the storm is raging, the winds and the waves, you feel like you're being pulled every which direction, and He's saying, Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, Revelation tells us in every single church, if the church would only hear what the Spirit is saying. Maybe today you're in the middle. Could be in the middle of grieving. Could be in the middle of financial stress. Could be in the middle of trying to figure out your ministry like, I thought I was going to the other side. I, I don't know what you're in the middle of today. But I know it's possible that you could have middle misperceptions. I know that you could start being blurred or blinded. And in this moment right now, you could be coming up with all the things that you need. Like, I need a better boat. Or if I had someone better on the oars, if they would just do their job, Pastor Micah, it's my husband, it's my wife. Like if they... Maybe you're blaming your boss. Maybe you're blaming a politician. It's, it's easy in the storm to start getting off kilter a little bit. Again, I don't know all of their emotions. But today, what if God is reminding you that what we really need, what we really need is for Jesus to show up even in the middle of our misunderstanding. What we really need is for Jesus to talk to us. Take courage. Take courage. It is I. Be, I really feel the Holy Spirit. I know I've said it three times, but 
But what if today in all of your list of what you think you need, what you really need is Jesus to show up and say, be not afraid. But Pastor Micah, our nation, Pastor Micah, my job, Pastor Micah, the storm, Pastor Micah, the defense, Pastor Micah. What if today Jesus is passing by your row? What if he's coming to you even right now online? And he's saying, be not afraid. I don't want to miss my Savior because I'm so focused on the storm. The Bible said he would have passed them by. What? I don't want him to pass you by today. I don't want him to pass you by. I want him to talk to you like right now. I want him to tell you, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Maybe for others, as you're listening to him, he is going to get in your boat and he is going to stop the storm. But today, whatever your middle is, I'm asking that you would open up your heart and say, God, would you find me in the middle right now? Would you find me in the middle of my grief? Would you find me in the middle of my struggle? Would you find me in the middle of my marriage being a mess? Maybe the greatest lost and found in Scripture, the greatest lost and found is the Bible says that he came to seek and to save the lost. That's Jesus. We're all born in sin. Maybe you're in sin right now. You've really never made a decision to let Jesus save you from sin. Maybe for others, you made that decision years ago, but you know you're so far off track. But he could show up in the middle of that sinful mess today and he could give you grace. I don't know what your middle is. You could be in the middle of loneliness. You could be in the middle. There's a lot of middles today. But can I tell you, like verse 48 said, he saw them straining. He saw them straining and he went to them. That's my prayer right now, that he would come to you. That he would come to you. He would find your row, your chair right now that he would find your phone, your iPad, your tablet right now. He would come to you. As you close your eyes today and just give me the opportunity to pray with you. I want you to know today he's not just God of the shore. He's not just God of the shore. He's not just God in verse 39 to 44. I've seen it, I've watched it, I've experienced that he's also God of the middle. He's God of the middle. And if today, if you need him to be God of the middle, I have good news. He can find you today. He can find you today. Even right now, in the room, online, if you're bold enough, if you're desperate enough to say, God, I need you. I need you to show up in the middle for me right now, in this middle moment. I've probably had some middle misperceptions. I, I've probably been misunderstanding like verse 52, but, but today on a Sunday, I need you to show up in the middle. If you would just raise a hand right now, you can let us know online in the chat, those in the room, I see hands going up all over the room. If you would say, would you find me in the middle today? Hands are still going up. Thank you, sir, right down here and back here, this couple. Right over here, hands are still going up. Would you find me in the middle? Right over here, sir, thank you. And right here, sir, thank you. Right over here. 
I don't see anyone looking around, but let this be a powerful moment for you to say, God, I, I don't want to miss this moment. He would have passed them by. He would have passed them by. He would have passed them by, but you would say, you know what, God, I don't want to wait till next week. I don't want to wait till next month. I need you to touch me right now. I need you to calm my fears right now. I need you to refresh and restore right now. God, please, hear my prayer today. Would you show up in the middle? Some of you are still raising your hands. Would you show up in the middle today? God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would silence someone's fears today. For some as they kneel forward, for some as they wipe a tear, for some as they raise a hand and surrender. Silence someone's fears today. This is not just religion. This is not just an hour out of the week. This is a moment for someone to encounter the all-powerful, almighty God. Show up in the middle of their storm. God, I'm asking you right now, silence fears. Speak to someone in the storm. Show them who you really are. Show someone today. Show someone today that the winds and the waves obey you. Show someone today that there's no name like the name of Jesus. Show someone today that you are an ever-present help, not just on the shore. You are an ever-present help even in the middle, the time of trouble. Whether someone's seated or some are already standing, that God, find them today. Find their row. Find their chair. Find them online today and let them know you're God of the middle. You're God of the middle. And I pray today for saving power, saving from sin, saving from the storm, saving from struggles, saving even from the misperception. Save someone today. I pray it in Jesus' name. Pray it in Jesus' name. Storyside, can we stand all over the room today? Will you sing it out to Him? Are you thankful for Jesus? Are you thankful for Jesus today? Would you sing it out to Him right now? Your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. Would you just say his name with me? Jesus. Maybe you have a family member. You need God to show up in the middle for that family member. Would you just speak the name of Jesus? Jesus. Jesus, touch my spouse. Jesus, touch my son or daughter. Jesus, touch my mom or dad. Jesus, touch my brother. Jesus, touch my sister. Maybe it's a co-worker or a friend. Would you just speak the name of Jesus right now? Maybe you want to speak it over the storm that comes against our region, comes against our state, our nation. We speak the name of Jesus. 
Maybe it's over your own life and you just want to say it for your own life, Jesus. For others, it's believing for your ministry to come back to life in 2021. The call of God on your life. Just say, Jesus. 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 Show up in the middle. Come on, show up in the middle, Jesus. Show up in the middle, Jesus. I want us to sing the song again, Touch of Heaven. I felt it just resonate for a couple of weeks with us as a church. And I'm asking you as we close out this service, if you would worship Jesus, if your praise would come from the very core of who you are. Some of you may want to step out in an aisle. You may want to stand here. You may even want to come to the front. But I want us to sing this song, Touch of Heaven. And from the front to the back and online, if you're able to worship with us. I've had people tell me before, Pastor Micah, I was in my, a guy just told me this, I was in my lazy boy. And I had to like put it down, like go from being uncomfortable. I raised my hands up in my living room. If you're, if you're in a moment right now where you can do that, why don't you in your home, wherever you're at, let's take some time, not just here, but where you're at. And let's praise Jesus. But in this moment, I would love, I would love for it to resonate throughout our Storyside family. We need, we want a touch of heaven. We want heaven to touch earth. We want Jesus to show up in the middle. We want God to do something in 2021. We want miracle moments in the midst of the storm, in the middle of it all. God, we are believing for you to show up. And so if we can, as we begin to sing the song, if you're physically able, would you just raise your hands all over the room? I don't always ask you to raise your hands, but the Bible does say it's a sign of surrender. The Bible said, I would that men everywhere lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. You say, why are we doing this, Micah? It's our way of honoring God. It's our way of surrendering to God. It's our way of giving Him everything. And so as we sing it out today and as we ask Him, God, touch us today. Let heaven touch earth. Let heaven touch earth today with hands raised to say, God, touch my family. God, touch me. Touch our church. Touch Storyside today, God. Touch Ohio today. Touch our nation today. Touch our world today. We need a touch of heaven. In the middle of everything going on, we need a touch of heaven. We need a touch of heaven today, Jesus. We want a touch of heaven today, God. It's the sweetest of all. 
Jesus, have your way.